Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Uncle Strib, and we are going to break down the uh, last day of the first round of the playing tournament. So uh, yesterday, the Hornets and Hawks played and the Spurs and Pelicans played. So just kind of recapping what we saw, the Hawks won, uh, Hawks beat the Hornets 132 to 103, pretty dominant performance. I thought it was going to be a closer uh, game than it was it was actually kind of close uh, I believe up till the first half and then third quarter the the Hawks just took over so top performance from both teams for the Hornets LaMelo uh, LaMelo Ball had 26 points five rebounds eight assists um, but he only shot at 28 percent from the field Terry Rozier had 21 points four rebounds three assists 36.4 percent from the field for the Hawks Trey Young had 24 points, three re rebounds, and 11 assists. Shot 33.3, so a third, a 33.33% from the field. And DeAndre Hunter came off the bench and gave us 22.7 rebounds, two assists. Shot 56.3%. And Clint Capella, 15.17 rebounds, three assists, 66.7% from the field. So breaking down the game, for the Hornets, they shot – as a team, 38% from the field, and they had 14 turnovers. And so uh, the key to their loss is the top scorers started off slow, as you heard that LaMelo Ball uh, shot 28% and Rozier 36.4% from the field, which, you know, it's rough. They started off rough. Um, he started to get going a little bit towards the end, but it was too late by then. The lead got too big. And so when the lead gets too big to cut away at the lead, you got to start hitting threes to really come back. To, to make up some ch chunk points. But when you start throwing up threes, if you're not hitting them, then the league just continues to grow. And then frustration fouls uh, started to play. Uh, uh, Mile Bridges got ejected because of a uh, goaltending call. And he ended up getting ejected and just a lot of frustration fouls happened. And that all just happens whenever the league gets too big and you start throwing up threes, can't hit them. And you, it starts to set in that the game's pretty much over. So for the Hawks, as a team, they shot 53% from the field. They shot 50% from the three, which is fantastic. They had 54 rebounds, 13 more than the Hornets, 31 assists, nine more than the Hornets, 54 points in the paint, 14 more points than the Hornets, 19 second chance points, which is 12 more than the Hornets, and 22 points off of turnovers, which is 14 more points than the Hornets. And so the, the key to the win for the Hawks is that they dominated the boards um, which led to more second-chance points, and they capitalized off of the 14 turnovers that the Hornets had. And that's pretty much breaking down that game. Now, moving to the Spurs and Pelicans game, the Pelicans won 113-103. to 103. This was obviously a better game. Uh, it was a closer, tighter game for the majority of the game. The uh, Pelicans did get up a pretty decent lead, and the Spurs started to chip away at it. So top performers from both teams, uh, Devin Vassell, I believe I'm saying that right, 
had 23 for the Spurs, had 23 points, two rebounds, three assists. He shot 46.7% from the field, and he shot 53.8% from three. DeJounte Murray had 16 points, nine rebounds, and five assists, but he only shot 26.3% from the field, which we'll get into that a little later. Now, the Pelicans, this was a fantastic performance from the Pelicans. CJ McCollum had 32 points, six rebounds, seven assists, 52.2% from the field, 60% from the three. Brandon Ingram had 27 points, five rebounds, five assists, shot 57.9% from the field. And Jonas, uh, I believe, uh, Val Valachunas had 22 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, shot 64.3%. So breaking down where it went wrong for the Spurs, they shot 41% uh, from the field as a team, which isn't terrible, but 41% is still not it's not great it's not good it's not terrible but it's not good and they shot 38 percent from the three-point line which is actually pretty good uh they actually they had 13 fast break points to the pelican six and 19 points over turnovers to the pelicans nine so statistically number wise we're just looking at the numbers you would think spurs they held in there which they did there were points in the game especially early in the first quarter where it seemed like the Pelicans were just straight up dominating. Brandon Ingram's getting to the basket, whatever he wants. He's dunking on people, catching bodies. CJ McCollum's downhill, aggressive. He's getting what he wants. Valachunas is getting boards and putbacks. It seemed like they were being super dominant, but if you look at the score, the Spurs are only down two points. They're only down four points. Um, so uh, the Spurs did play well, but the keys to their loss is the foul trouble. So uh, Murray had three fouls early in the first half of the game. He had, I believe he picked up his third early in the second quarter. So he had three fouls and he had to sit the majority of the second quarter because of the foul trouble. And as a team, they shot 41%, which didn't help. And they got out rebounded. Looking at the Pelicans, they shot 54% from the field. They shot 40% from three. They had 53 rebounds, which is 19 more rebounds than the Spurs, which is one of the reasons, which was one of the key to the losses for the Spurs, they got out-rebounded. And the Pelicans had seven blocks. The key to the, the keys to the wins for the Pelicans was their three-point shooting. Now, which was 50, or sorry, excuse me, which was 40% from the three, which is great. Three-point shooting, they dominated the boards. And also, which this part of the game, there's no like stat for it where you can just look on a stat sheet and tell. But with watching the game, they had a lot of they had a lot of great one on one defensive wins and matchups. So uh, I wanted to mention uh, Herbert Jones and Jose uh, Al Alvarado. Those two guys had played great defense, one on one defense. Jose ended up getting a steal once. Herbert Jones had a couple blocks and like very cr uh, crucial pivotal times in the game. So they were really good defensively uh, on the perimeter. So those defensive wins, one-on-one -on -one matchups is really, really helped. And But there's no stat. It's just something you saw that led to either a fourth shot with a miss, a lot of pressure. And they also played well-team uh, defense, which contributed to the Spurs to their 41% from the field goal. And that's, that's breaking down what we saw from the Spurs game, Spurs versus Pelicans, Hornets versus Hawks. So what does that lead to? A, that leads us to the next uh, round, which is going to be on Friday, April 15th, or tomorrow. And the Pelicans are set to play the Clippers, 
and the Hawks are set to play the Cavs. So now we're going to break down these upcoming games and some keys to success that I think are going to be crucial for each team to win. So the, Pel the Clippers are a four-point favorite over the Pelicans. And some things that I think the Clippers need to do in order to have keys to have to get the dub is Reggie Jackson needs to get started early. Last game in the loss they had, Reggie Jackson kind of started off rough. I believe he was 0 for 7 at one point and finally got a, a bucket. But Reggie Jackson has to get started early. We've seen what he can do when Paul George and Kawhi were out. We've seen that he can get he can be a guy that can average 20, 22, 23 points a game. And so Reggie Jackson, I think he needs to get started early. Paul George has to keep being Paul George. Last game, he played fantastic. He has to keep, I'd say, keep playing aggressive. Get in the paint and finish because we know he can finish or kick out. He's surrounded with guys that can score the ball. Uh, Norman Powell and Morris have the ability to score. And you have Kennard, who's a fantastic three-point shooter. He's shooting 44.9, basically 45% from the three on the season. So Paul George is surrounded with guys that can score. So it's going to be really important for him to gash the defense, get to the basket, get a couple finishes here and there. And now when he drives to the basket and they collapse on the paint, you're going to have Powell, Morris, or Kennard either on, on the perimeter or short corner somewhere around there and going to have open looks to make shots. I think Terrence Mann has to also get involved and push the pace. We also saw Terrence Mann step up early in the season. Um, I believe, I don't think he's a candidate for most improved, but he's definitely a guy that has improved a lot from last year. He needs to get involved and push the pace. We've seen that he, he can really push the ball up. He can really push the ball in transition. He needs the type of guy that he's going to make some open looks. He can actually create a shot for himself. I'm not saying he needs to take all the shots, but I'm saying just get him involved in distributing the ball. And when he gets the open looks, he's going to make those shots. And last but not least, I think Zubak has to keep Valachunas off the boards. Valachunas just got a 20-point double-double, 22 points and 14 rebounds, if I remember correctly. And you, if you want to win this game, you can't have Valachunas scoring 20-plus points and getting 14 rebounds. If, if he does that, I believe the Pelicans are going to take home that dub because you can't you can't get beat off the boards. So Zubak has to keep Valachunas off the boards. Now, keys to success for the Pelicans. C.J. Ingram, you just got to keep the momentum going. The way they've been playing all year, minus Ingram's uh, injuries, C.J.'s been playing well all year. Uh, he's averaging 24 points since, uh, since he got to the Pelicans. He's been averaging 24 points a game. We all know Ingram is becoming one of the one becoming one of the a great scorer in the uh, in the in the NBA. He's also, I believe, third in the NBA in mid range scoring. So guys can score. So I think if CJ and Ingram just keep the momentum going they had with last game, keep going, getting to the bats, keep attacking, keep doing what they've been doing, that's going to help because those are your number two guys. Valachunas. Now I said Zubak has to keep Valachunas off the boards. Well, for the Pelicans, Valachunas has to keep dominating the boards. Keep And he's got to keep dominating the boards, keep finishing off the pick and rolls, and protect the rim. Again, 22 points, 14 rebounds. He's got to keep setting great screens and then rolling to the paint. And we all know CJ or Ingram can toss him the lob, finish, and he's got to protect the rim on defense because he's a big body and he's got to alter shots or at least make them difficult uh, for, for the – for the Clippers to finish, because we all know Paul George, he's gonna get he's gonna get in the paint. So Valachutis needs to alter those shots or at least make them more difficult. 
Also for the Pelicans, keep winning on one-to-one defensive possessions with uh, Jose and Herbert Jones. They protect the perimeter. They got to be perimeter, force the drive to the big men, Valanciunas and the other big men in the paint, force low percentage contested shots, especially with Paul George. We're talking about this is pretty much playoff peak, 30-plus points. Last game, they're going to have to force them to take to take contested shots. You're not going to win all of them, not going to win all the possessions, or not going to win all of the one-on-one uh, matchups, but at least make the Clippers work for every single basket. Even if they make it, make them work for every basket. If you do that, I believe that they'll miss enough to keep to have the Pelicans in a position to win the game. Moving on to the Hawks versus Cavs. The Hawks are actually the 2.5, is a two and a half point favorite or three point favorite, however you want to look at it. Hawks are the favorite to win, even though they're the lower seed. So Hawks key to success, Trey has to start off hot or at least efficient. Last game, the reason why it was close early is because Trey kind of started off hot. He didn't shoot very well, uh, same with LaMelo. But I think if Trey starts off hot or at least starts off efficient, maybe not taking as many shots, uh, but he's at least hitting the shots he's making, starts off efficient, that'll help put them in a position to win. And I think what's really going to be crucial for them to win is that Trey Young and Clint Capella pick and roll game. Because Trey Young has this, this, thing, this way about his floater game where you don't know if it's a floater or a shot, his floater as a shot looks the exact same as a lob to Capella. So it, it kind of throws defenses off. I think that is going to be crucial for them to win the game. Because we all know Clint Capella can finish a lob. He can finish at the rim. He's a great big man. So that pick and roll game with Trey Young, Clint Capella is going to be crucial. I also believe DeAndre Hunter, defensive presence and scoring ability off the bench is going to be crucial. It adds depth to their, to their roster. He, I know he's been battling, he's been going through injuries, but last game, the game literally got turned through. It was a close game, and then when DeAndre Hunter came in, had all these defensive stops, and also was scoring the ball in the paint, mid-range, and I believe he hit uh, some pretty big threes. That off the bench is going to be crucial. So his defensive presence and the ability to score off the bench are going to be important for the Hawks to get the win. Next, uh, Bogdanovich and Kevin uh, Huter, Herter. I'm going to just say Kevin because I'm butchering his last name. But Bogdanovich and Kevin, open three looks. We all know if you watch basketball and you've seen the Hawks play, if Bogdanovich and Kevin are open, it's almost a guaranteed three. It's almost a guaranteed hit on the three. The Hawks need to find a way to get them open looks from the three-point line. Trey Young, we get to the basket. Defense is going to collapse in the paint. Dish out to Bogdanovich. Dish out to Kevin. Or if it's a cross a cross court pass, that something to get them open three looks. They're going to hit them. That's going to get them in a position to win. And last but not least, certainly not least, this might be the most important one is team defense. The Hawks defense has not been that being honest, not been that good this season. If they they need to focus on playing team defense for one game to get them into the playoffs. Team defense for one game. Slow down the Cavs because we all know they they can score with the best of them. shootout wise. They're they're one of some of the best to do it. Trey Young's third, I believe, third or fourth in the NBA and scoring at twenty eight uh, point something twenty eight points over twenty eight points a game. So shootout they can hang with the best, but they need they're gonna have to play team defense. 
Cavs. Darius Garland has to stay in attack mode. He's been doing it all season, but him in attack mode, him downhill, downhill, him making moves is going to be the keys to success for the Cavs. I think another important key is going to be Kevin Love off the bench. Kevin Love's going to have to distribute the ball, facilitate almost kind of like a point forward. Um, that off the bench is going to be crucial. And the Cavs, they're a great defensive team. They're seventh in the NBA, but their offense is 20th. So offensively, they're kind of middle of the pack. But so they have to create open looks or high percentage shots or high percentage looks uh, for them to be able to keep up with the scoring ability of, of the Hawks. So like I did, they're not going to be able to win. They're not going to be able to win shootouts. Not, they won't win a shootout. So they're going to have to lean into their defense, lean into their seventh ranked defense, slow down Trey Young, maybe get Trey Young. If they can get, I believe if the Cavs can get Trey Young to shoot the, what did he shoot? Uh, the 30, the 20, the 33% from the field, they can get him shooting 33% or 30% from the field somewhere around there. I believe Cavs can get this win uh, with him, uh, with Trey shooting at a low percentage. Because Cavs have, they even though their offense is ranked 20th, with Darius Garland and, and Kevin Love and uh, some of the uh, younger guys, their names escape me at the moment. Because they, they had well, three all-stars. They can still score, but they have to really lean into the defense because I don't think they'll win an outright shootout with the Hawks. Now, my last comments, my per, my last comments, I'm just going to give my personal takes on the game. So I think the Clippers, Pelican, the Clippers, Pelicans, I'll take the Clippers over the Pelicans. Um, there's a lot of reasons why, but I'm just going to pretty much just leave it at that. And I'm actually going to take, I'm going to go against the Vegas betting odds. And I would actually take, I'm going to take the Cavs over the Hawks simply because the Cavs have a top 10 defense. And in the playoffs or play-in, however you want to look at these, postseason comes, it's really the defense that wins you or gets you to that next level and gets you to the next series. So I'm going to go Cavs there. And I believe that the intensity is just going to be a different level because it's do or die. It's an elimination game. So I think the Cavs defense is, comes out even hotter, even more aggressive, more pressure. And that's going to lead the Hawks. I think as a team, they're going to shoot – around four, I'll say 40, it's going to be a bold prediction, but I'll say Hawks as a team shoot under 50%, so maybe 45%, and that's going to lead to the Cavs win. That's just my gut feeling. Again, playoffs play in, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and this is all on Friday. So after Friday, the seeding will be official and playoffs will officially be starting. So stay tuned for the recap um, after day one of round two of the playing tournament. And it also kind of be a segue as like a pre-playoff uh, cast. But uh, you guys heard it here first. Stay tuned. Appreciate you guys for listening. I'm going to chase my dreams. My life has meaning. Oh, my faith.